You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to This Week Explained. I am Tiana. And I'm Kirvin. And today we'll be discussing the big geopolitical events of the week. But first, we need to talk about the fact that you finished the interview with Mark Ledlow for the next installment of Insightful Inquiries. Do you have a clip of that conversation? Yeah, I sure do. And it was a great conversation. You can, uh, you'll be able to get that on August 1st uh, due to some of the stuff that he was talking about in the podcast. We want to get it out pretty early but here's a snippet of that okay. conversation it's just it's like you can't even think straight for the first six months your, your emotions are all over the place it's like a bad breakup with a guy or girl and you're totally in love and you just it just you lose everything but it's your parent some maybe you're listening you don't have a relationship with your parent so it won't be that big of a deal some people have, don't have a relationship with their you know immediate biological parent so but maybe it might be uh, like the death of a boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband, wife, whatever. But you have to allow yourself to grieve. And the best thing for me was to get very busy. I travel so much, I was on the road all the time after he left. It just, I just got on the road and I got busy. I knew my dad would want me to be busy to do something like that. Sounds like you guys had a pretty deep emotional conversation <laughs> it definitely was uh Aww. so it's it's i think it's going to be a very very important podcast episode okay. um and everyone should really listen and also go uh follow mark ledlow he's a, an incredible person and super genuine super nice guy well awesome can't wait to hear that one uh, it sounds like very timely considering what we went through this month I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to go into that. Just personal <laughs> things. But um, Well, we have a lot to get to, so we need to get into it. What is on your radar this week? All right. Obviously, uh, Russia, Ukraine. But then we're going to have an update for uh, Brittany Griner, that situation in Russia. Uh, the fuel crisis coming to Europe. It, the Estonian prime minister, who is continuing to warn about Vladimir Putin. Uh, the Russians have stated they will quit the International Space Station. Uh -uh. We'll move over to China um, as Chinese aircraft entered Taiwan's defense zone again and give an update on Nancy Pelosi's trip in the Indo-Pacific. Uh, after all that, we want to give an update on the Chinese-made Huawei equipment, uh, which could disrupt nuclear capabilities in the United States. Uh -huh. And then there was a uh, Russian disinformation list put out by Ukraine that had multiple high-level Americans that were put on it. Shocked. Right. Uh, <laughs> this <sighs> week's uh, extremism report is on kids being radicalized through the internet. Oh, okay. And then history's mysteries will revolve around the disgruntled agent. Okay, well... Let's get to the Russia-Ukraine update. What has been the latest this week? 
All right, tons of news to get into on the war front. Uh, this week, Russia struck the capital of Kiev for the first time in months. Uh, now, this was a predictable move as the Russian military has made advancements over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so we talked last week about a move to push towards uh, Odessa, and that is ongoing. So as well as that, uh, there was an agreement to allow free movement of goods through the port of Odessa. Mm -hmm. And immediately after that agreement, Russia bombed that port. And what was their reasoning behind bombing the port? Uh, so Russian officials stated that they were attacking a strategic military site, which is fair game in a conflict. Um, and they also said that the free flow of goods will remain active. Um, it's not really a free flow of goods if there's a threat to bomb the the area whenever they want to. Exactly. And, and we know this is Russia's MO, you know, striking yeah. civilian locations and claiming they had been turned into military locations and which do you believe all right so uh, obviously my opinion is uh -huh. that russia continues to attack civilian locations as a strategic psychological attack on all ukrainians now uh just to keep it fair and open and honest i know of times when the u.s military was in iraq and afghanistan and for sure had to shift attacks on sites that were at one point civilian sites Mm -hmm. And those were sites that Al-Qaeda and, and the Taliban were using to attack U.S. soldiers. Now, I was in the planning portion of some of those offensives, and I know we went to great measures to protect holy sites and civilian locations, even though we knew the insurgency was there. So I don't have any insider knowledge of Russia's military planning. Well... Thanks for that perspective. Um, you said you had an update on the Brittany Griner case. Can you tell us what you were hearing about in that situation? All right. So if you remember a couple weeks ago, we discussed who Russia wanted in exchange for Brittany Griner. And yeah. listeners can head back to that episode if they want a refresher. But it looks as if the U.S. government has stated they would accept a release of, Russians armed, of Russian arms dealer Victor Bout if the U.S. will release, or if, uh, sorry, if Russia would release Brittany Griner and American Paul Whelan. Who is Paul Whelan? Uh, he's a U.S. citizen who was arrested in Moscow in 2018 on charges of espionage. Um, he is a Marine veteran, and his capture really fractured relations between the two countries. So believe it or not, the U.S. and Russia did have okay relations since the fall of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of like the keep your friends close, but your enemies closer relationship. And what are your thoughts on this deal? I mean, we could do a whole two hour podcast on my thoughts and it would, I personally would run the gambit of opinions, positive, negative, neutral. But right now, I don't know what type of intelligence Victor has anymore since he's been gone for so long. Yeah. Um, and just make no mistake, he was being interrogated about his knowledge of Russian intelligence activity. Uh, but also, Brittany Griner is a WNBA basketball player. She has zero intelligence value to the Russians. Uh, so the only reason to negotiate the release is for optics out of the Biden administration. Um, I personally don't want anyone detained unlawfully in any country, which includes the United States. Yeah. But when negotiating releases in such a tense moment in history, there needs to be a lot of thought and debate that goes into it. 
Well, I agree. No country should be arresting individuals traveling through on a whim, and especially not to make a political statement. But, you know, we need to, I guess, move on. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot to get into. and uh, uh, Yeah, because I was about to go down the okay. hole. Okay. I was about like I said, to... a two-hour conversation could happen. Yeah, well, we need to move on to Europe's fuel crisis. What's going on there? That's a good question. Uh, so Russia's fuel flow to Western Europe has steadily dropped since Putin decided to invade Ukraine. And that mm-hmm. has left Europe struggling to keep fuel affordable and accessible to its people. Uh, Germany stated that they would be without fuel by November of this year. So in in order to alleviate the fuel crisis, Germany is discussing reopening nuclear plants in the country, uh, which I believe is a good idea. So you think nuclear energy is a good form of energy to replace fossil fuels? Yeah, so like nuclear gets a bad rap for two reasons, for two very good reasons. Uh, One, it is the most devastating form of munitions anyone has used yeah. in the world and and two when a nuclear plant has a mishap it can be devastating to millions of people living nearby um but, you know there's yeah. a reason that every meltdown or mishap has historical repercussions uh we've you know the the famous ones like chernobyl in eastern europe yeah and then the uh fukushima plant plant in japan uh, yeah. those we know about throughout his you know those are the those are huge yeah um, now, some would also argue that there is no safe storage of nuclear waste. However, uh, if nuclear plants are kept up to date and proper maintenance is performed, unlike Chernobyl, <laughs> uh, nuclear is the cleanest form of consistent energy that we have. You know, so where wind and solar have limitations due to climate and weather, uh, nuclear plow- power can flow freely in any environment. Also, birds. Well, Wind yes. power kills birds. It's happening on um, the Osage Reservation. I'm sure it's happening multiple places, but I know it's a big issue on the reservation. It's, it's sacred animals. Of, yeah, like bald eagles. Right. I'm saying I'm saying that because I'm part of the Eagle Clan. Gotta represent. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. But what about storage? You mentioned people have stated there isn't the ability to safely store it. Yes, some do believe that. Now, other scientists believe that uh, deep geological disposal of nuclear waste is very safe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm sure everyone knows I am not a scientist. Yeah. So, I'm going <laughs> to defer to any of our listeners who are scientists. Uh, if they want to educate me on either side of this opinion, go ahead. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Well, we'll see if we get any insights from people, but let's move on to Estonia and discuss their concerns about Putin. Yeah, so Estonia's prime minister said this week, I'm going to quote her uh, in exactly what she said. Okay. I think a fundamental mistake was made after the Second World War. Uh, While the Nazi crimes were widely condemned, the communists' crimes never were. Mm -hmm. So we see a strong revival of Stalinism right now in Russia. Now, she also went on to say that 70% of Russia supported Stalin, even after he murdered 20 million people. Mm. And those are strong words that uh, come at a time of possible political change in Estonia. And the prime minister could be on her way out. Now, uh, the prime minister of Estonia has been a staunch 
supporter of Ukraine, and the country has given tens of millions of dollars worth of military supplies and resources. Is she worried that Putin is going to come for Estonia? Uh, yes, and it is directly because NATO views Estonia as a tripwire state. And for people like me who don't know what that <laughs> means, what is a tripwire state, sir? Okay, so that is uh, basically a NATO country that the organization would, uh, the organization states it would allow to be occupied for 180 days before <gasps> protecting it. What? That seems like a terrible, terrible right. plan. Are there any other tripwire states? Uh, yeah, there's Latvia and Lithuania. Those are considered tripwire states as well. And so it's also going to be interesting to see if Finland and or Sweden come in under that consideration. They get occupied and get completely taken over in under 180 days. And that's exactly what the prime minister mentioned, that at the 100-day mark of the war in Ukraine, Russia uh -huh. had killed, you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of civilians already. Um, so that was that's a, a lot of her concern. Yeah, that would definitely give Putin time to fulfill a lot of what he may be planning in yep. these countries. Now I can see why she's so worried. <laughs> Let, let's keep the Russia conversation going. Did you say Russia is leaving the International Space Station? Yes, I did. Oh, well, can you tell us what happened there and the implications okay. once they leave? I, I, every time yeah. I think of the International Space Station, I immediately think of Armageddon. And, oh, yes. Um, what's his name? Oh, my gosh. That, Peter Stormare playing the Russian cosmonaut <laughs> who's been in the, the space station for years by himself. Yeah. <laughs> I always and think of him. He always plays a great Russian. Well, he always plays a great everything. Peter Stormare is awesome. True. Okay. So uh, Russia did say this week it will pull out of the International Space Station after 2024 yeah. and focus on building its own orbiting outpost. Hmm, where are they getting now, money for that? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's very true, and, and yeah. we'll Gee. have another discussion about that later. Okay. Um, now, this is in response to the outrage from the international community over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, now... Former President Trump did receive a lot of bad press for starting the U.S. Space Force. A lot of people <laughs> thought it was dumb or funny. Um, but that had already been in development for a while. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was a smart move because this move by Russia could be a precursor to conflict in space. What? Yeah. Now, uh, when we talk conflict in space and who is adversarial towards whom, uh, it is the same big player's we always talk about. So the big players in space are the U.S., Russia, and China. And so right now, conflict in space, as far as the uh, low orbital satellites, that's nothing new. Um, there, there have been conflict in destroying those many times. Mm -hmm. uh, but with the increased emphasis on deep space travel, uh, this could have huge implications even on Earth. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What is what is it that countries are looking to achieve in space travel? Besides uh, well, populating Mars and <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, honestly, we just don't know what kind of minerals and resources, or at least I don't know. Yeah, uh, those minerals and resources that could be tapped into um, that would continue advancing technologies on Earth to make our lives better. Mm -hmm. We also don't know the viability of moving populations to certain planets, like you mentioned, Mars. 
um, if this whole planet collapses. So there's just so many unknowns, and I think a lot of people believe we've pretty much tapped into all Earth's resources, and it's time to move outside of our planet. Okay, well... Again, you'd rather have someone explain this in depth before expressing your opinion, right? Yes. So now I personally am very fascinated by space, uh, mm-hmm. but I have no knowledge about a lot of the resources out there. Well, since you brought up China, do you want to discuss what is going on there? Yes. Uh, and there's a lot to unpack uh, okay. pretty much the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> um, and not well, all of it is just about Taiwan. Uh, all right, but we'll, well start. We'll start there. All right. Okay, well, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so first, a, a Chinese drone was detected on two occasions flying close to the island nation of Taiwan. And what was it looking for? So the, Ty- the Taiwanese government suspects China was attempting to gain intelligence on military locations, as well as possibly performing signal intercepts of various electronic systems. Uh, now, make clear the drone uh, did not enter the official Taiwanese airspace. It's sort of the uh, defense zone that we've talked about previously. Yeah. And there is still information coming out on the incident. Well, we'll look for an update in a later episode, but right now, can you explain the Nancy Pelosi situation and why it continues to escalate? Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Yes, so as we discussed last week, uh, mm-hmm. China is not happy about a planned visit to Taiwan by U.S. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, and both the Biden administration and the Pentagon has cautioned against it. But uh, it seems like Ms. Pelosi is standing her ground, and quite honestly, I am impressed that she hasn't backed down from Chinese pressure. Mm-hmm. Now, you know that uh, you don't hear us praising politicians too much on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, but we we do. Both of us like to give credit where credit is due. And, uh, and, and China is trying to influence a lot of politicians in the U.S. And so far, she's not allowing that. Okay. Now on the bad side of it, mm-hmm. uh, Indo-PACOM forces, uh, U.S. In, uh, Indo-PACOM forces are being put at the ready in order to protect her in the case she does travel to Taiwan, and that's taxpayer dollars. Yeah, uh, a lot of them. Yes. <laughs> Would China do anything to Pelosi once she arrives? Uh, yes and no. So they are going to track her and attempt duh, to in- like, infiltrate duh, though. <laughs> Of course they are. Like, ugh. And Sorry. I don't know what goes on in those conversations, but I would assume they are telling her people this. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also the probability that the Chinese attempt to infiltrate her traveling party in order to access state secrets, as well as push Chinese influence in the current administration. But I do not think they will attack her or her party physically. Okay. Um, now, Pelosi has had a fractured relationship with China since the 1970s. So <laughs> she's not very liked out there. She has been in... 
she's been in politics, politics way, way too, too long, long. Yes. way too long for her to actually understand what her constituents want that's for sure okay i'm not i was about to go down another rabbit hole <laughs> all right anything else coming out of china yes a lot uh but since we don't have all the time in the world i'm going to focus it down to just two more interesting stories okay uh first this week, Biden reiterated that the one China policy of the U.S. has not changed and will not change, and that the U.S. does not support Taiwan independence. Speak for yourself. Right. Uh, now, this is after China stated that if the U.S. were to play with fire, they would get oh, burned. Yeah. Um, now, this is not a change in official policy, but mm-hmm. it does come at a time where Taiwan is looking for much more support and could be the statement China needs in an invasion in the near future. Well, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> nope. What's the other story that you wanted to talk about? Okay, so if you remember a few years ago, the Chinese smartphone and electronics company, um, Huawei, had been banned in the U.S. and U.K. And yeah. also a few other locations. And so a lot of people began to ask, you know, why these free countries would ban a smartphone with so much advanced technology. Yeah. Well, now we can tell the people what the intelligence community already knew. Hawaii was just a wing of the Chinese Communist Party. So, this week, the FBI released a concerning report about Hawaii equipment on top of cell towers near military bases in the Midwest. And counterintelligence officials determined the the equipment was capable of capturing and disrupting... (gasps) Highly restricted Defense Department communications, uh, including those used by uh, U.S. STRATCOM, which oversees the country's nuclear weapons. And uh, these were indications that this equipment could disrupt the U.S. nuclear program. Uh, that's pretty concerning. Yes. Like, do, you, do you have any more information on if intelligence was acquired or if the infrastructure was harmed? Uh, not at this time. I'm still digging into all of this, uh, but I wanted to get out some of the information to let everyone know Holy why they're. Holy moly! Yeah, the, there is a huge concern with Chinese companies like Huawei and ByteDance, which is the company that owns TikTok in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone should really be aware of who has access to their information and uh, what are the consequences of getting involved with these companies. I hope they removed the equipment off the cell phone towers in the they Midwest. Did. They did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, thank yes. you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Let's stay in the U.S. and talk about Ukraine's list of Russian propagandists in the U.S. Uh, yeah, let's go for that one. And so I kind of want to just focus more on what is being propagated and less on who is doing it. Because, Why? Well, there's a, a fine line between <laughs> believing Russian misinformation and being yeah. a paid Russian asset. Yeah, yeah. I get it. So okay. that was a good question of why don't I want to focus why, on the though? people. <laughs> <laughs> Name and shame. I don't Please. And you'll hear names. I'll, I'll get some names out there. But um, this week, the Ukrainian Center for Countering Disinformation put mm-hmm. out a list of several high-level U.S. political members, as well as journalists, who are spreading disinformation. Mm-hmm. Um, we've spoken about some of these people, like Tulsi Gabbard, uh, mm-hmm. who continues to mention Ukrainian biolabs that can release and spread deadly pathogens to the U.S. or the world. Now, What has happened? What I have happened? not seen quantifiable <laughs> proof 
okay. of that statement. Okay. So that's why I place that more on misinformation as opposed to disinformation. Okay. Um, if I do find out that, trust me, it'll be on this podcast. Yeah. Now, the other is uh, Senator Rand Paul, who's, he's, if you don't know him, he's considered uh, sort of quasi-anti-war, but he's more of an isolationist. Um, and he said that U.S. President Joe Biden was to blame for provoking Russia to invade Ukraine. What? They were already gearing up to do this, though. If you listen to this podcast, you know who's to blame. Um, now, that, to me is also neither disinformation or misinformation. It's just stupid U.S. politics at work. Yeah, they got to politicize everything. Everything. It's always everything. the other side that's wrong. Yeah. But let's get into the concerning disinformation, in my opinion. Okay. And that's coming from former military leaders and strategists. Uh, those claims are that Ukraine is run by a Nazi regime and its people need to be liberated and that current President Zelensky is a puppet that Russia has been too soft on during his presidency, and, oh, by the way, he's also a Nazi. Of course he is. None of that has been identified as true, and if you are only listening to Russian state propaganda to form an opinion, uh, this is the kind of stuff that you will believe. You'll be led to believe, anyways, if that's the only, yeah. you know, source of information you have. People should try, obviously, to diversify where they get their news yeah, and that goes for all media locations. I'm not just harping yeah, on everywhere. Russia, China yeah, of here. of course. U.S., it's U.K., Australia. a problem here, too. Everybody's yep. got their own narrative they're trying to push. Everyone. Just don't leave it up to one news agency or especially a state-sponsored news organization yeah. to give you your opinion. Um, I'll say this. The war in Ukraine was started by Putin to begin to reestablish the Soviet Union. We know this because he said it multiple times yeah. so these wild conspiracy theories do harm to those who are on the ground trying to protect innocent people and there are people on the ground that we know who are trying to protect mm -hmm. innocent people from being bombed out of their livelihood or worse their life well i agree with that now speaking of protecting people what is this week's extremism report all right so this is the last episode of july and I want to finish up this month of extremism by discussing the radicalization of children in the U.S., among other Western countries. Mm -hmm. So a report this week by the Metropolitan Police of London uh, highlighted this concern by saying that the increased time on social media and the Internet over summer break could bring an increased likelihood of radicalization. And I actually agree with them on this because uh, the Internet is the number one form of radicalization among all humans. So yeah. it's very easy for a person to go down the social media rabbit hole of conspiracy theories or hateful, bigoted diatribe and become angry towards either a government or even a group of people. Well, this kind of coincides with the Russian disinformation talk we were just having. Yeah, it, it certainly does, and it's uh, why promoting that kind of disinformation can become dangerous. Now, what is especially concerning is these individuals are preying on kids in order to promote extremism. Now, I say this because children are at a stage in their development where the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that deals with planning, decision-making, uh, short-term memory, personality, and even moderating social behavior, uh, occurs among other things 
Uh, and some scientists have even expressed its ability to give a person the will to live, which could come into play when extremist leaders recruit kids and teenagers to perform dangerous duties. So what can parents, guardians, and loved ones do to prevent children from being radicalized? All right. So uh, another possible two-hour conversations, because there's all kinds of opinions on this, um, and because there is so much to caution for and against. And I, I'm sure you will have tons uh, to, to interject in for with our own experiences. Um, but I'm sure everyone who remembers their childhood understands that when you are told you are wrong or that your opinion doesn't matter, it actually firmly entrenches, entrenches you into that belief as a child and even sometimes as an adult. Uh, so it definitely carries over into an yes. adult for sure when you're told your opinion doesn't matter <laughs> exactly and yeah, it definitely carries over and so my first caution is going to be an easy one mm-hmm. just don't call a, a child or a teen or, or anyone for that matter stupid just because they have an opinion on something um as it's a, different from yours you're right um because as a society we should be engaging in civil discourse at a personal level, regardless of opinion. Um, so I was talking to somebody this week who had told me a story about an argument among two friends, and these are adults. Um, and it began to get out of hand because both had very firm beliefs they were unwilling to move from. Uh, once the conversation started to escalate, another friend holding neither opinion began, be- began to mediate and de-escalate the conversation and all individuals were able to see things from the other side. Uh, now, no one changed their beliefs, but they did understand uh, where each other were coming from, and mm-hmm. they remained friends. Um, so that is where I stand as a parent on how to have proper discourse with your children or anyone having proper discourse with teens and children. Listen to their side. Have them explain why they believe something. Uh, ask them if they had thought about it from the other side. And if they have, was there anything from the other side that they found valid? Uh, If they haven't heard from the other side, what could someone from the other side say that would make them shift their opinion? So what would that do to de-radicalize someone who may have been indoctrinated into a violent group? Well, first it opens up the conversation, which I think is the most important thing. Uh, But then it allows for a differing opinion to slowly be inserted into the conversation. Uh, finally, it gives the child or teen a chance to really evaluate the belief and whether it is something they firmly hold or if it's just something they were told to believe. Um, listen, we should have conversations with our children. You know, protecting them from all the harm and opinions is parental nature, but it does not help in developing the free forming of opinions and making proper decisions based on facts and logic. Yeah. Now, because yeah, your parents aren't going to be there to shelter you from everything forever. So it'd be ex- very jarring going out into the real world and seeing that it doesn't quite align with the world that your parents built around you. Exactly. And listen, I'm not the best at that. You know that. <laughs> I can come in hot sometimes. Yeah. So sure. I will continue to work on it as well. And I hope everyone listening that uh, interacts with children and teens will do the same. Well, maybe we should do a long-form podcast on this topic. Just kidding. We aren't child psychologists, so don't yes. listen to us. Are you ready for History's Mysteries? Are you ready? Always ready. All right. So this week we're going to discuss Edward Lee Howard. 
Okay. Um, he served as a Peace Corps volunteer in Colombia before being hired by the CIA in 1980. And he was later joined by his wife, Mary, where they were both trained in intelligence and counterintelligence methods. This is a thing, like, married couples. The last couple of his- <laughs> history's mysteries have been, like, couples. But... I'm not trying to say anything. <laughs> well, I mean, I have not been recruited by the CIA. I can tell you that much. Yet. No, no. <laughs> okay. I'd be like, no. And I'd be like, no, I'm too scared. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay home in my PJ pants. Well, in this day and age, you can. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can be a remote CIA agent. <laughs> yes. Just kidding. We'll discuss right. that offline. Yeah. Too late. <laughs> so, it's, it's already out there. <laughs> back to Ed. Uh, yeah. Howard, uh, Edward Lee Howard apparently began providing classified information to the KGB um, in 1984 during a visit to Austria. Mm. So the... Obviously, the FBI began watching Edward and his wife in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, a search warrant was secured to tap their phone. Now, on September 20th of 1985, Howard walked up to a member of a surveillance team and indicated that he was ready to talk, but he wanted to first have a talk with his lawyer. So a meeting was scheduled for the following week. And here's where the story gets awesome. All right. <laughs> so that night, he left. He disappeared. Of course. That, yeah. <laughs> so he and his wife, Mary, drove back from a diner away from their home. Um, he leapt from the car as Mary slowed to round a corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he left a dummy made from stuffed clothes in his seat to fool the agents. Oh, my gosh. This um, sounds like he- a Disney. This sounds like a Disney sitcom. A Disney thing. spy movie. No, not <laughs> spy even Disney. Kids Dis- 12. Spy Kids 12. Well, I, it just sounds like one of the silly little tween uh, sitcoms that they have, like a yeah. Hannah Montana thing. <laughs> yeah, the, the little escapades they go on to try to yeah. trick their parents and stuff. I keep I keep going off on these no, tangents. No. I apologize. Okay, <laughs> keep going. Sorry. Uh, so then he fled to Albuquerque, uh, where he took a plane to New York City. At that point, uh, Mary called a number she knew would reach an answering machine and played a pre-recorded message from Ed Howard to fool the wiretap and buy her husband more time. And then, sneaky, sneaky. Right. These, this, you can see why they were recruited by the CIA. Yeah. Very smart people. But he just bailed on his wife, though, so that's right. a little... So, he's he, like, he all then, right. <laughs> he then went from uh, New York to Helsinki, Finland, and from Yay. there, he walked into the Soviet embassy there. Yes, we love wow. Finland. We do love Finland. Um, now, he maintained his innocence until his death, saying he only fled because he could see the agency had chosen him to be a scapegoat. Um, Howard mm. died in 2002 in his home in Russia, and to this day, no one really knows what Howard gave to the Russians. How can he maintain his innocence when he literally started giving cl- classified information to the KGB? He probably it, did talk to no. his lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to maintain my innocence even though I'm not. Right. I'm going to maintain it. And But he just bailed on his wife. Like, what a... I was mm-hmm. about to say something. What a great What a guy. human being. Because she was being... Like, her phone was tapped, too. She was being investigated. Yes. 
And clearly she knew what was going on since she decided to do this whole thing for him. Easily identifiable that she knew what was going on. Yeah, well, what a story. Hope she enjoyed her life by Mm. herself. (laughs) Is there anything else for this week? Well, after that, I know that we are out of time for this week. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Well, as always, if you like this show, please try to tell at least one person about us. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have a moment, consider heading over to Apple and Spotify and give us a review because those can help us get noticed by thousands of podcast listeners globally. And as always, if you would like in-depth coverage of these stories and more, please subscribe to our community at oakwindanalytics.com. Tiana, thank you so much. And until next week, stay safe out there.